reminds me of two Christian men who uh, lived really good lives, very healthy lives. In fact, they were they were workout buddies. Every day at noon, they'd go to the gym and work out together. Uh, they die, all right, and go to heaven. And as they're walking along, marveling at the paradise around them on the streets of gold, one turns to the other and says, Wow, I never knew heaven was going to be this good. Yeah, says the other. And, and just think, if we hadn't have exercised and eaten all that health food, we could have been here ten years ago. These workout ladies aren't laughing about that, but hey, that's just the way it is, all right? Imagine heaven. And today I want to preach on having a heart for heaven. It's my prayer that at the end of, of our time together, you would really have a heart for God and for heaven. I'm going to start with Colossians chapter 3, read the first four verses, and then I want to talk about why we should have a heart for heaven. I have seven reasons that we should have a heart for heaven, but you're going to have to listen fast because I want to talk fast, all right? So are you ready? Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above. Right there it is, church. We need to be thinking more about heaven than we presently are, all right? We need to set our hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. You need to understand that when you are saved, immediately, when you accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, your life is joined to Christ. His death on the cross became your death to sin. His resurrection from the grave became your new life. His ascension to the right hand of the Father became your entrance into heaven. I have in my notes right here, somebody needs to say amen right there. Amen. And while we are not yet residents of heaven, that's home for us. I mean, heaven is our home. We need to set our hearts on our home, which is heaven. The headquarters for our lives has been relocated to heaven, where Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God. For us as Christians, as believers, everything that brings us meaning in life here is there. Did you get that? Everything that brings meaning in life here, right now, is really in heaven. And that's why we should have a heart for heaven. Verse 2 says, Set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. So, we are to set our minds on things of heaven. And one of the ways that we do that is by studying diligently and contemplating what is true about heaven and what is true about God. Uh, let me just say it like this. We need to be thinking more about heaven than we presently are. All right? uh, now, when I was a kid, I would hear this phrase all the time. I heard Sunday school teachers say it. I even heard my preacher say it a lot back when I was a kid. Uh, maybe you heard the same statement. They would say, referring to a particular person, that that person is so heavenly minded that they are no earthly good. Did you ever hear that saying? Raise your hand if you ever heard that. All right, just a few of you older people. All right, 
Because I don't hear that much anymore. And you know, when, when I was a kid and I would hear that, I, I really didn't, I, I didn't know what they meant. I thought it was funny, but I really didn't know what it meant. I think what they meant by that is someone, some person is so consumed with heaven. They're thinking about heaven all the time, or they're thinking about God all the time, or they're thinking about holy living all the time, that they're not even related to or can't even help people who are on earth. Maybe that's what they meant. I really don't know what they meant by it. But the fact of the matter is, I don't hear that said about people anymore. Because the problem is, we're not thinking about heaven like we should. We're so concerned and consumed with the things of life and the pressures of everyday living that we very seldom think about heaven. But I'm telling you, Paul says right here, set your mind on things above. You need to be thinking more about heaven than what you presently are. Verse 3, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Our lives are now centered on the risen, glorified, ascended Christ who is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Your life is in Christ. And Christ is in heaven, where He reigns right now. One day His reign will be evident and visible to all creation. One day Jesus Christ will return for His church, His bride, His followers. So, verse 4, When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. And there is a hint of that great hope that one day Jesus Christ will appear. He will return. And when He does, church, when He does, we will spend eternity with Him in a place that is glorious because He is there. And this is the reason we need to set our hearts and our minds on heaven. So, heaven is a real place. It is just as real as the place you're sitting right now. And relationships will be as real, if not more real, in that life to come than they are in this present life. And the reason we should have a heart for heaven, church, is that so much of what is precious to us is in heaven right now. Think about that. The things that really matter, the things that really count, the things that are really precious are already in heaven. I've got seven of these I want to share with you. The first one, of course, is God the Father. That's where God is. God is in heaven. Remember how Jesus taught us to pray, Matthew 6, 9 and 10, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The one who is the source of everything for us is in heaven. Now, I know I have a lot of Bible scholars out there today, and some of you are thinking, well, preacher, no, no, no. Wait a minute, I thought God was everywhere. There's that omni word that you use. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere present at the same time. Yes, He is, but you also need to understand there is a place beyond this universe where God lives and reigns and sits upon His throne. It's a glorious place. It's a place called heaven. 
And the most amazing and staggering thing about that place is that that's where God lives. It's His home. Now, the crazy thing about many of the books that are written by people who supposedly have died and saw something in heaven and came back to life and tell us about it, so often times what they say really really doesn't square up too good with Scripture. Right Now, I'm not doubting that they've had this experience, but, but what I'm doubting is maybe what they saw. They talk about seeing loved ones and butterflies and, and bright lights, whatever. It's like they hardly noticed that God was there. <laughs> but friends, let me tell you something. The most unmistakably striking thing about heaven is God. It's where He lives. The Bible says that's what defines heaven. That's what makes heaven, heaven. God. How many of y'all have ever been to the Grand Canyon? Raise your hands high. Isn't it an amazing place? Beautiful place. I, I guess it's one of the seven wonders of the world. I don't know if it's not. It ought to be, you know. Let's say you, you get to the Grand Canyon. You, you pull off to one of those overlooked sites. And you get out of your car and you step up to the ledge of the Grand Canyon. And the first thing you notice, the thing that is most striking to you, is this big metal trash can that's right there. And... Wow, kids, look at the trash can. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? No, that's not what you notice. What do you notice when you look out over the Grand Canyon? The Grand Canyon, man. How awesome it is. Now, in this series of sermons, we're going to see that there are a lot of great things in heaven. But the very first thing that captures us when we step into heaven, is God. That's where God lives. It's His home. And I don't know if God is precious to you. But you know what? As a believer, let, let me remind you, He must be, He should be, He has to be the most precious thing in your life. And He's in heaven. That leads us to number two. Jesus Christ our Lord is in heaven. Hebrews 1.3 says... After Christ had provided purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty of heaven. And from that lofty place, Jesus reigns. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So, Jesus Christ is at the center of control of the universe today. He is orchestrating all the affairs of the universe and your life. Hmm? The Bible also tells us in Acts 3.21 that He, Jesus, must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything as He promised long ago through His holy prophets. So we know there's a day coming when things will not be like they are right now. This points to a time when this present heaven and earth will be swallowed up by a new heaven and a new earth. We'll have a whole lot more to say about that in the weeks to come, but right now what you need to know is that Jesus reigns in heaven and this same Jesus one day is going to come back for His church and take us to heaven to be with God forever. That, that leads me to, 
to the third thing that's precious about heaven. There are believers who have gone on before us who are in heaven today. Ephesians 3, 14 and 15. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom His whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. So, the family of God, including all the believers from all the ages, both Old Testament and New Testament, they are in heaven. Every believer is already in heaven if they've died. If they haven't died and they're still on earth, but they're a believer, one day they're going to be in heaven. And really, guys, really, when you get everything else out of the way, this is what really matters and what is the most important thing in life is that you know you're going to heaven. As my three kids were being raised, I would go into their room almost every night and I would say to them, hadn't said it to them in a long time, but let me take this opportunity, my three children, to say to you again, no matter what else you do in this life, you make sure you meet me in heaven. Because guys, that's what really matters, okay? Is that we meet together in heaven. That we're in heaven together for all of eternity. And here's what I want you to know. The Bible assures us that believers who have died are now in the presence of God in heaven. And one day, God is going to bring them with Him to this earth when He returns and we're all going to be reunited. Joreen, isn't that good news? We buried her daddy just this past week. A great man of God, a great church member from Kavanaugh Church. Kurt McFarland is in heaven today. He went to heaven to be with Jesus when he died. Now I'm going to go into this more in a few weeks when I preach another sermon. I haven't decided on the title of it. I think, I think I'm going to call that sermon, One Second After You Die. Think about that. What's going to happen one second after you die? But, but let me just pause right here and say that the moment you die, if you are a believer, you're going to go to heaven and be in the presence of the Lord. The moment your loved one dies, if they are saved, they are going to go immediately into the presence of the Lord. Paul talked about this numerous times, but let me just read to you what he said in Philippians chapter 1, verse 20. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I, I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. So he had this turmoil going on. He knew that it was best for the kingdom of God and for the church if he remained alive on planet earth so that he could keep planting churches and keep preaching and writing these letters. But you know what? In his heart of heart, he wanted to go to heaven. He wanted to leave this earth and be with Jesus Christ. He went on to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So if you're a believer, the moment you die, you're in the presence of God. But if you're not a believer, 
Now listen to me. If you're not a believer, the moment you die, you will immediately be out of the presence of God in a place of torment called hell. No mistake about it. There is no holding area. Some people call it purgatory. There is no purgatory where people go and wait to see if somebody will come enough and come along and give enough money or say enough prayers to purge them of their sins so that they can go to heaven. It doesn't work that way. In this life, while you're alive, you get to choose where you spend eternity. Mama and daddy don't make that decision for you. The preacher doesn't make it for you. You make it for yourself. You decide in this life where you will spend eternity. And that eternal destiny is set by you. After you die, there's no way that can be changed. You are being given the opportunity today to accept Jesus or to reject Jesus. Now I'll go into this more later in, in one of my other sermons, but there is a, there's a special book in heaven called the Book of Life. You get your name in the book of life by accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. By confessing your sins to Him and confessing Him as Lord and Savior of your life. And when you do that, you're saved. You're born again. Your name goes into that book. And the Bible is real clear about this. Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life will be allowed to go into heaven. If your name is there... You've done good. You're going to get to go to heaven. And one of the reasons I have a heart for heaven is I have a lot of dear friends and family members who are already there. Just thinking about some of them. I did the funeral of my three grandparents. I'd like to see them again. There's a lot of things I wish I would ask them. But Gary, I wasn't old enough or mature enough. You know what? One day I'm going to have all eternity to ask him anything I want to ask him. I've been here 17 years as pastor of this great church, and we have buried some awesome men and women of God. And I miss them. You know, as, as I get older, it seems that I know more people in heaven than I do here on earth. <laughs> So I've got a heart for heaven. There's another reason our heart should be in heaven. It's where our hope is. If you're keeping numbers, this is four. Our hope's in heaven. We need to know about heaven because we need to be assured that the sins and the failures and the heartaches and the sorrows of this life are not the last word in our life. Many of us have loved ones who, have, who are believers and, and who have died. And, and we've got to have that hope that they're in heaven. Some of you are, are battling illnesses and, 
and difficulties in your own life. And you need to know that it gets better. <laughs> You've got to have that hope that things are going to be better. Colossians 1.5 says, The faith and love that springs from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven. Church, that's where our hope is. I wish I could tell you that things are going to get better. That our world is just going to get better. That your health is going to get better. But it's not. <laughs> but we still have hope. Our hope is in heaven. The reason we have that hope is, number five, our eternal inheritance is in heaven. I love 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. Now, an inheritance is something great that comes to us because we are related to someone who has accumulated some measure of wealth and they have left it to us. Now, will you be truthful with me? Can, will you be truthful? Now, we're in church, all right? We, have you ever had this crazy idea? Maybe, maybe you're just daydreaming, driving down the road, or you're sitting in class, or wherever you're at work, you can be, and you just, you just kind of daze off into this little daydream. And here's, here's the way you're daydreaming. It may be a little different, but it's something like this. You get a phone call, in your dream, you get this phone call, and it's to tell you that there is a there is a great uncle three times removed that you never have met. Maybe 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 he never got married, maybe he doesn't have any kids, but he made a bucket load of money. And he has died. And he looked through the family tree, Ronnie, and he picked you, and he's leaving you fifty million dollars. Have you ever dreamed something like that? Come on. Have you? Come on. Have you ever dreamed? Come on. I'm not the only crazy one in here. Huh? Can I tell you something? That is never going to happen. <laughs> that kind of stuff never happens to people like us, alright? But I've got something better for you. Because you are related to Jesus by virtue of our being adopted into God's family, we are heirs and joint heirs of something that is incredibly valuable. Heaven. Amen. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Another way to look at that is number six. Our everlasting treasure is in heaven. Matthew 6, 20 and 21, Jesus said, but store up for yourselves Treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So there's something about the way we live our lives here that will affect the way we enjoy heaven. Friend, you can live in such a way as to store up treasures in heaven. We can. We can store up treasures in heaven. I mean, you can't take it with you, can you? But you can send it ahead of you.
you're hanging on to it though. I know you are. Dude, I was preaching this at nine o'clock at our first service, and I just thought of a story when I said that. I'll tell you the same story. It was uh, it's about a lady, younger lady, who married a, a wealthy man, and uh, he got sick and and was about to die. And he said, "Baby," he said, "Here's what I'm. The only thing I'm asking you is that." that when they close that casket, you put a million dollars in the casket. I want to be married, buried with a million dollars in my casket. Well, her girlfriends heard about it, and they said, you can't do that. You can't leave him a million dollars. Well, the funeral came, and they were about to close the casket, and she walked up to the casket, and they saw her put an envelope in the casket, and they shut the casket. They were all upset and said, we can't believe. Did you really put a million dollars in there? She said, I sure did. I did everything he asked me to. I wrote him a check. Oh, it went over about like it did in the first service. You can't take it with you. But you can send it ahead. Years ago, I can't remember how long ago, somebody sang that song, Thank You. I would sing it for you, but you don't like my voice. You don't like my singing voice very well. Thank you for giving to the Lord. It's about a guy who went to heaven and had all these people that he had never met, didn't even know they were coming up to him, thanking him. Because he played it forward. He sent it ahead. He gave. He gave He gave of his time. And because of that, people were saved. He gave of his money. And because of that, people were saved. You know what? One, one of the reasons heaven is so precious to me is that's where my treasure is. And that brings me to number... Our last one. My citizenship is in heaven. Philippians 3.20 But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our home is heaven. Heaven is our home. It is the place we were created for. The, the Bible says this world is not our home. We're pilgrims down here. We're sojourners. The, the, word you, the Bible uses this word to describe us as aliens in this world. Our life is centered in Christ who is in heaven. Now, I know we say we believe that, but why is it that the way we live our lives here doesn't really square with that belief? It's like secretly down in our hearts, we're looking forward to going to heaven when we die. But we sure would like to make that one last trip to Hawaii. Yeah. And if there's something we're going to miss out on in heaven, we hope to get it done right now. <laughs> no. Heaven is the place we were created for. Heaven is home. Heaven is home. Uh, years ago, I got off all the boards I was serving on because I was just tired of being gone so much, but I still find myself traveling a lot, going to different conferences or meetings or preaching engagements. And, and so I'm constantly out of town, and, and uh, I always like, man, I'm just getting old, I guess, because I sure like to be at home. No matter which direction I've gone, whether it's north, south, east, or west, I have certain landmarks that on my way back, when I hit those landmarks, I start getting excited. Because I know I'm not far from home. But most of the times I'm, I'm going out west and so I'm coming back on 
on 40 and I hit that Garrison Street Bridge and man, that's my landmark. When I hit that bridge and look down through Fort Smith, I know, Wes, I know I'm almost home, man. I can time it on my watch. I know I'll be home in X amount of minutes when I hit that bridge. And so I'm, I'm, I'm motoring down Wheeler. Y'all don't need to motor down Wheeler. Alright? I whip into Cary Lane and I pull up that driveway and I park in that garage and I bust through that door. Now when I get home, I want you to know I do not run in and hug the refrigerator. Okay? I don't lay down and caress the carpet. I don't embrace the fireplace. No, when I walk in the door, I'm looking for Miss Angie. And I'm looking for my kids. Because home is where they are. You got that? And there are a lot of great and cool things about heaven. And we're going to talk about those things over the next five weeks. But that is not what makes heaven home for us. What makes heaven home for us is that Jesus is there. That's why Paul would say, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If living is anything other than Christ, then dying is not gain. So, I end where I started. Where's your heart today? Do you have a heart for heaven? Really, do you have a heart for heaven? Right now, is, is your heart longing to be in heaven so that you can be with God? Maybe it's not because, because your name is not written in that book I talked about. We can change that today. You can change that by just simply making that decision. Coming down here and allowing me or one of the other pastors to pray with you and, and show you from God's Word how your life can be changed and transformed, how your sins can be forgiven, and how you can have your name in that book so that you have a mansion in heaven. I guarantee you when that happens, you'll have a heart for heaven. Could be that you're here today and you've been saved, but you know, you've allowed this old world and the things of this world to come between you and your relationship with God. And things aren't quite right that's the case, why don't you make the decision today just to turn back home. Get back close with your Lord. Make sure everything is right between you and Him. If you need to ask for forgiveness, I guarantee you He will forgive you. He longs to do that. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you know you just hadn't been thinking about heaven. But you're thinking about it right now. And you have a heart for heaven, but you know, you know there are people that are close to you, people that God has put you in relationship with, that you are there to witness to them because they're not going to heaven right now. Maybe they live in your home or work with you at, at your office or you go to school with them. But there are people you know whose names are not written in that book. Would you come today and ask God to let you be a light to them and a witness to them so that they too can have a heart for heaven? Heavenly Father, I love you and I thank you for this great day that you've given to us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who's, who's in this place and who's working in our hearts.